Welcome to the Limerick Post podcast, this is the Limerick Post News Roundup, where we bring you the week's news in bite-sized portions. This week's podcast is brought to you by HSS Hire, stay cool this summer, fans, air conditioners and evaporative coolers available at your local hire specialists. I'm now joined by Bernie English. Bernie, how are you getting on? I'm very good, thank you, Keen. The front page of this week's Limerick Post newspaper, yes. story on... Insurance fraudsters. Insurance, insurance, well, insurance costs, basically, and insurance fraudsters. Uh, something very dear to all our own hearts. Anybody who drives a car or yeah. has any kind of premises insurance will know all about it. But uh, basically, in the county council meeting, sorry, the city and county council meeting this week, the deputy mayor, Adam Teskey, brought up the issue of insurance charges. And he wants the minister to, the minister for justice, to immediately set up a unit of the Gardaí who will investigate people who make fraudulent claims and people who make repeated fraudulent claims because we all know they're out there. And these are the things that are driving up premiums on... Well, the insurance companies tell us it is. Yeah. Um, now, I'm sure it certainly has some effect, but nonetheless, we all know that our car insurance is an awful lot more expensive this year than it was five years ago. Very true, yep. yeah. And, you know, councillors there are saying that businesses are closing because of this. Um, anybody who's involved with organising a local event or festival or even a day out or a cake sale knows about the problems with insurance and quite a lot of events have had to be cancelled there was a regatta cancelled in the council yeah. county recently but uh, the deputy mayor wants th- wants this tackled and he wants it tackled fairly forcibly and and what are the odds of this being set up a guard division to come well it's this? been talked about already but he's asking him to try and fast track it so that um you know people people who are organizing events especially voluntary groups it's easy for them to lose heart yeah. If they're if if most of their energy has to go into raising money to cover insurance costs, then you know people are going to just drop out of these things. Plus, for people who are employers, um, they're anti-jobs. According to Kevin Sheehan, they said this is this is this is ruining employment. A lot of very small businesses, you know, kind of the backbone of all the businesses in yeah. the city and county, are employing three, four, five people, and if they can't afford insurance costs and close their doors, you know, you're adding to the you're adding to the dog queues the whole time. That's true, and and we know that a lot of businesses are finding it tough at the moment. You know, they are. I mean, so it's, it's it an, is added it is pressure yeah, here. Yeah, and they're they're you remember, you know we're, we're we're an economy climbing back out of a recession, yeah. so things are not easy to begin with at a baseline. So that that story is available on page one of this week's paper, and then further on the paper, another story from yourself, Bernie. Uh, a man who hasn't been able to shower for the past three years? Yes, this is an incredible one. Sharon Benson is the newly elected Sinn Féin councillor. And again, this came up at a meeting of Limerick City and County Council. Uh, and she's she's petitioning the minister to provide enough money to deal with all of the backlog of grants for home uh, improvements which have been already which have been already um, okayed. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of disabled people have to make adjustments to their home and they, you know, you need, you can't, somebody in a wheelchair can't go climbing stairs to go to the bathroom. But her colleague, uh, John Costello, he mentioned one person that he had, that had been to his office. Um, and he's a young man, there's a young man who is disabled and his parents were, 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 were looking to get a bathroom for him. Now they've been approved for it. Yeah. But uh, it's, it, that was three years ago and he hasn't been able to have a shower in three years because he's waiting for this money to come through to provide him with a downstairs accessible bathroom. So um, I know that uh, Sharon Sharon Benson is is very much at the front line on disability issues and has been very active in the community all along on that, so she knows what she's talking about. So has there been any reason given for this backlog or...? No, uh, we don't. We don't really have one. We did, we did hear at the meeting that the minister is currently approving some cash 
to deal with to deal with to deal with the backlog. But Sharon wants it absolute. She wants everything clear. She said you can't keep playing catch up, and she's right mm-hmm. because it's no good dealing with giving an amount of cash now and getting maybe one or two jobs finished when there's actually multiples of that waiting. So this is obviously a story that we'll have to come back to at a later date and see how it progresses. Well, of course, yeah. And I think, um, you know, we, we we will see. I'd certainly like to, to know that poor man is going to be able to have a shower sometime yeah. soon. Yeah. yeah. So Bernie, thanks very much for joining us. All those stories are available in this week's paper and online at Limerick Post. Bernie, enjoy your weekend. Thanks, Keen, But it's not you the weekend yet. You have a couple of days of work. I always <laughs> say weekend, but... Uh, I probably won't see it till then, that's the problem. Uh, yeah, well, you, much, have, you have a habit of disappearing I off. I do. <laughs> thanks very much, Bernie. Keen, thanks a million. Have a good day. I'm now joined by Maura Nolan, our uh, journalist here in Limerick Post. How are you getting on, Maura? Great now, Keen Hartings. Ah, sure, look, uh, as good as they can be. Tearing away now, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you have a story in this week's paper about nursing home in Newcastle West that was investigated by HICWA. Yep. Yeah. Tell me a bit about it. Uh, so basically, HICWA did an investigation in Killalai Nursing Home um, in, I think it was maybe around March of this year. And they just found a number of uh, issues that surrounded certain aspects of nursing home. Um, there was some complaints that were construed as allegations of abuse that weren't really filed properly. They should have been reported. They weren't. Um, there was issues with medication. There was one resident who uh, her medication or sorry, their medication was found on the floor and it wasn't logged whether they got um, another dose or not. And there was another resident where their medication was they were, they were getting medication that was unsafe and it was okay. still in their blister pack. And one nurse did figure out that it was dangerous for them, but uh, they never logged it. So she was still actually getting the medication. There was another resident who, her meal plans basically did have um, meal plans that have a texture A and texture B. And whatever condition she has, uh, there needs to be a meal plan suited to what she can eat. Yep. And she was getting a texture A instead of texture B. And the texture meal was actually a choking hazard for them. And yeah, just little other things like um, they didn't, the staff didn't really know the uh, patient's like resuscitation status. And but Killaline Nursing Home have responded to the reports and said that they will look into all of the complaints and that they will fix and fix the system as best they can. And was this part of a, an announced visit by HICWA or? No, it was unannounced. Unannounced visit. Yeah. So uh, this is obviously a story that will probably return to at a later date if it is something that the oh, nursing yeah. home are looking into. Yeah, the nursing home have responded um, saying that um, all the things they have fixed and the things they're in progress of fixing. Okay, very good. Uh, so that story is available in this week's Limerick Post newspaper and online at limerickpost.ie. Maura, thanks very much for joining <laughs> Thank me. you. I'm now joined by Megan McInerney Brosnan. Megan, how are you getting on? I'm great, Keen. How are yeah, you? Not too bad. How are you finding your time here at the Limerick Post? Uh, it's been great so far. Brilliant. And you have a story in this week's paper about yeah. Limerick Pride alongside one of mine. Yeah, uh, yeah, about the Stonewall Uprising, celebrating 50 years this year. Uh, since not many people know about the Stonewall, I got to raise awareness first. Uh, Stonewall was essentially a series of spontaneous demonstrations in the Stonewall Inn in New York, in Manhattan. And um, basically, um, a bunch of police raided uh, the Greenwich, uh, the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich, and these a bunch of LGBT, um, in a bunch of members of the LGBT community, um, demonstrated and protested uh, violently in some cases for three days. So you spoke to uh, Lisa Daly, the chairperson yes, and festival manager yes. of Limerick Pride. And uh, what was her view on this? I know she, she um, wants to make more people know about or get more people to know about the uh, um, Stonewall. Lisa's great. Lisa essentially was telling me all about how 
we wouldn't have pride if it wasn't for what happened in Stonewall. It's basically laid the foundations for the gay liberation movement, uh, for any kind of equality movements that happened in the years that followed. Um, we wouldn't have had the marriage equality referendum back in 2015. Um, we wouldn't have had anything, essentially, that would have happened. And I mean, but we still have a long way to come, uh, to go, I should say. Um, I mean, gay rights and any LGBT rights, they still don't have the right to, um, to they don't have any family rights. Um, I think it was that only recently there was um, some kind of adoption right that came in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think like... you. Look it was only strength. nearly 25 years ago, it was still yeah. illegal to be gay. To in be, yeah, in 1993 it was yeah. um, legalised. And you think like you see your own family and you're like, look, I have my mom, my dad. But then other people, you know, friends of mine have two dads or two moms. And you're like, you know, in their lifetime, that was still legal or yeah. still legal. And you're like, wow, that's so not right to think about. But um, so this yeah. year's Pride, uh, Lisa was also saying it's a uh, World Pride is the theme. World Pride is their theme. And basically, yeah, World Pride marks that's in cel- World Pride is in celebration of their 50th anniversary. Yeah. And so um, World Pride is the theme. And they're going to have a bunch of events on. Some of the events have already happened. Um, on Thursday, July 11th, they'll have, they're having the Queen and Cobblestones event. Friday, they'll have a youth party. And then, of course, the big, big, big parade on Saturday. And, you know, that's Just Pride. A picnic on Sunday as well that everyone is yes. looking forward to. Yeah. And, but I mean, Pride, I think when everyone thinks Pride, they think, you know, the big flashy colours and just being all out there. But at the end of the day, everyone forgets it's a protest. Yeah. You know, it's standing up for what you believe in, for equality. And, and that's something Lisa wanted to highlight this year, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's what, exactly what Lisa said to me is, you know, every, it's, everyone thinks, you know, it's just basically a second St. Patrick's Day almost, you know, yeah. another time to go out, another time to party. But, you know, it's not, you know, it's a really big protest and standing up for what you believe in. Megan, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. And that story is available in this week's paper and online at limerickpost.ie or by following the hashtag keeping Limerick posted across all social media channels. (laughs) Thanks, Ian. Thank you. So this week's podcast is brought to you by HSS Hire. Stay cool this summer with fans, air conditioners and evaporative coolers from your local hire specialists. I'm now joined in studio by Megan Scully, host of the Limerick Post Show. Megan, how are you getting on? I'm good, I'm good. It's been a very busy week, a very changeable week. I feel like I want to bring out a weather segment into your podcast because I love talking about the weather and I feel like it's all I do. So how does the weather make you feel today? Well, I walked from my apartment to work and I had my raincoat on because it was uh, very, very wet out there. Um, But I got absolutely soaked from the waist down. So I had to put myself under the dryers and work in in the ladies' bathroom to try dry my clothes off. So yeah, it's just bizarre. And then it's really hot as well. So I I just, I don't really understand what's going on. And then you get this weird ombre pattern on your pants. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't very appealing looking in the office. But sure, look, these things happen. So we've had another busy week. Limerick Pride underway since last Friday. Yes, it's on now and um, loads of stuff happening. And I got to chat to Lisa Daly of Limerick Pride in uh, Limerick Printmakers all about um, what's going on throughout the week. And uh, something I found out which I thought was um, really interesting was the fact that the Pride flags, this is actually the first year you've seen them dotted around the city because they actually cost quite a lot of money to get the flags, supposed to hang them up. And this year they kind of got after the council to say, you know, we need them. And I have to say it makes such a difference because uh, everyone loves the rainbow colours and the city looks really brightens it up doesn't yeah, it yeah I think it looks really good yeah. so I couldn't believe that I just presumed they could 
get flags, no bother. But yeah. no, it turns out they actually had to kind of almost. Elisa was saying they're a voluntary organization as well. Yeah, and it's a charity as well. So, you know, there's so much to pride that I think I didn't even know myself. So I thought it was really interesting and um, definitely worth checking out that chat with her and to find out about all the events taking place. Of course, Saturday is the big one, yeah. uh, the Pride Parade that's happening around Limerick City. I myself am tied up at Pig and Porter Festival playing tag rugby. Playing so I can't rugby, make yeah. It. Yeah, so I actually, am, I'm kind of annoyed that I'm, I'm missing it that the both of them are clashing because. Both. But I have a t-shirt um, because we were in Limerick Printmakers and they were doing free pride printing for a couple of hours on Tuesday evening and I got my white cotton t-shirt printed up so I'm going to have that on the day at Tag Rugby so I'll be doing my bit for Limerick Pride. And who printed this t-shirt, Megan? I did. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you watch the video, you can find out who really did it. <laughs> and it was a cool process. Yeah, it was yeah. really interesting, actually. And I didn't realize that uh, Limerick Printmakers is 20 years in Limerick City. I was chatting to Jess Tobin all about it. And uh, it's really interesting, the work they do. They're there in John Square and they do loads of group stuff. And if you want to do team bonding or community stuff, it's like, I have to say, really interesting to see such cool art scene in Limerick. Yeah, you always see them at these things like at Christmas, doing Christmas mm. cards and they do the print with pride as well. It's brilliant. Now, sticking with this tag rugby, there was yes. a big game on yesterday out in the UL, wasn't there? Yes, very mm. cool. So um, for the first time ever, South Africa have sent tag rugby team over to Limerick. Um, they played in Dublin at the weekend, playing against the Dublin teams. And then this week they played against the Limerick teams. They had a mixed social team and a mixed uh, men's open team. And uh, so men and women playing. And uh, they will this weekend take part in Pig and Porter. And it was really cool to see. And they have these really cool kind of um, these leggings that they brought, were wearing that they all brought over. But they're uh, kind of these cool shades of green we're all admiring from the distance being like oh they're so cool and they're all shamrocks all over them oh, cool. so they actually had special South African gear just for this tour they had like um, all the basically about being in Ireland on it but all the South African flag really really cool and I'm delighted to announce that we will be chatting to the team on Friday morning some of the players about coming over to Ireland playing tag rugby here and uh, I guess what they think so far of it yeah that should be a cool insight because I'd imagine tag rugby is very very big in places like South Africa. Well, actually, I found out that it's only been set up two years ago. No that way. They never had a South African team until now. So, oh, wow. obviously, rugby took over. So, I guess we'll find out all about that, ask them about it, and how they're finding their trip here. So, this is probably their biggest tournament to date. Yeah, it's huge. It's such them. a short history, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And I have to say, um, they were, um, so they brought so much energy to the pitch, like beforehand. They were like doing kind of like a victory warm up, and they were just very cool. And it was like everyone was like kind of, you know, every time they scored, we were clapping as well because it was, they were so talented. Both sides were. Um, so I think now Pagan Porter will be really interesting to see them and watch them play and uh, get to know them and in fact uh, as you know I'm on the Limerick ladies team the South African ladies are going to join us for training tomorrow night cool yeah so we'll get to play with them as well yeah so I'll meet a few of the girls before we interview them as well Um, so I'm excited for that I think it's great because of course the World Cup is coming to Limerick in 2021 which is huge for Limerick and Ireland and Irish tag rugby so uh, yeah look let's get behind the tag rugby players yeah what's your chances of bringing home the trophy this week Pig and Porter, we are going back. Uh, I'm on the Knights team and we are going back to defend our super social title. Um, so, you know, we did win last year and uh, we will be back to get it again this year. But there's a team that we uh, have joined in this league this time around and we know that uh, they're chasing that silverware. But you know what? We're going to put it up to them. Yeah, nice one. Go on the Knights. Yeah, come on the Knights. So uh, what else do we have going on this week? 
Okay, we've loads more going on. Um, we are going to be chatting to Helen from TLC Team Limer Cleanup um, all about uh, Plastic Free July and basically about getting rid of plastic bottles. There's and a couple littered around here, I think. Yeah. But I reuse my I, actually plastic bottles. I say bottles. littered, but you reuse mine. Yeah, you, you, re, yeah. yeah, we reuse them. Like My poor water bottle is so battered. But uh, I am going to pick up one this week. I spotted one that I like, a reusable one. So I'm going to get that um, and doing our little bit to kind of use less plastic. So uh, that'll be happening. And also the Social Innovation awards are taking place and Friday is really busy by the way I don't know if I've told you this but we have got back to back interviews on so I should get my rest tomorrow maybe, or Thursday maybe yeah, yeah I'd, I'd kind of maybe try to get a good night's sleep on Thursday and, yeah and then no, <laughs> it's just non-stop I'd say maybe Friday evening you might oh no you won't really though because Pride is on and Tag Rugby and whatnot so yeah I think maybe next week nice one yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that yeah. sleep next week oh also sorry on Thursday I'm interviewing Riff Shop who I love. Riff Shop are so cool and so much fun and bring so much energy and I've seen them live quite a few times and if you're uh, familiar with the, a venue called House, it's a, a place in Limerick I that I it. frequent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they play there like once a month um, so I'm excited for that as well. I think I know House from your uh, Instagram stories. You so. might actually. <laughs> some call it home. I call it House. <laughs> Here's my home. So uh, Megan, for the Limerick Post show, where can people find it? Um, www.limerickpost.ie forward slash show. Brilliant. And it's out every Friday. Yes, the whole show is out Friday, the main show with everything you need to know about Limerick and what's happened during the week. And you can also make sure you're following us across all our social media for to keep up to date. So when we tweet out something about the show or we put it something on Instagram or on Facebook that you'll see it as soon as it happens. And you will see some interviews throughout the week, I'm sure. Yes, got some like, we'll put out little kind of teasers out through the week to give you an idea of what's coming up on the main show. Brilliant. Megan, thank you for joining me and I'm looking forward to this busy Friday. And enjoy your tag. Best of luck. nights. This week's podcast is brought to you from HSS Hire. Stay cool this summer with fans, air conditioners, evaporative coolers from your local hire specialists. I'm now joined by Sporting Limerick journalist John Keogh. John, how are you getting on? All good now, Keogh, and yourself? Not too bad. A quieter weekend than usual for you. Little bit of a quieter weekend last weekend, <laughs> yeah, but there's always work to be done, Keogh. There is. You, know. you were at the Limerick FC game. Yeah, Friday night, another fantastic home win for Limerick FC. Brilliant win after people leaving and a bad result the week before. Yeah, that um, just on the back of people leaving, that four outfield players on the bench, so options weren't exactly brilliant for Tommy Barrett. But look, they turned up to beat Longford Town, who were second in the table, got closer to the playoff places, only three points off that. You know, another spectacular performance in front of a very paltry crowd, it has to be said as well, but... Yeah, Tomas O'Connor putting Limerick up within three minutes, I think, from a corner. Shane Tracy, great ball in, good header from Tomas O'Connor. Langford equalised soon after, but goes from Red Hanlon and Lee Devitt in the second half. Give Limerick a very well-deserved 3-1 win. I mean, what more can you say? Bar like a couple of mistakes against Shells who were top of the table, it would have been still unbeaten at home yeah. the week before. We've said it on numerous occasions. We say it every week. Limerick's performance is on the field you know doesn't reflect what's happening off the field with the club Tommy Barrett is constantly trying to do something with the squad but he's constantly has the threat of losing players as well so again they're they're away to Bray Wanderers this weekend it'll be interesting to see what team Tommy has to be able to pick from last week he lost Killian Bruder starting centre half Will Fitzgerald who hasn't played for Limerick all year but very promising win winger and Cullen Walsh O'Loughlin another promising winger but him and Bruder's contract ended Will Fitzgerald has gone to Waterford you'll be happy with that one and you know it's just it goes back to again 
the whole thing marrying what's going on on the field very very impressive performances very positive but it's the off the field things that will always come back to haunt Limerick FC and we just every day is different we just wait just hanging over the head there constantly hanging yeah. over the head but again I have to reiterate you know Robbie Williams outstanding brilliant you know, season absolutely brilliant season Tomas O'Connor slotted in had a fantastic game Sean Kelly and Shane Tracy very reliant in, in both full back positions Clyde O'Connell is a player who's come back from junior soccer in Limerick back to Limerick only has only played against Shells came on with two days training last week against Shells started uh, started the game uh, against Longford and Floyd had a very very good 75-80 minutes worked his backside off is the only way to describe it threw himself around put on a couple of big tackles really really good positive performance from him up front Kieran Hanlon's a, a threat always you know Limerick still have Kieran Hanlon the ball in a good position he's he'll score yeah. you know it's that he's a very good finisher one chance but it's getting the ball to him is getting the, the ball to him but again Limerick played very good football yeah. against Longford again you know the goal that Hanlon did get a great crossfield ball from Jason Hughes put Sean Kelly into space brilliant delivery from Sean Kelly and just a glided side footed finish from Kieran Hanlon you know so look Tammy's performing wonders on the field the players are performing wonders on the field I spoke to Jack Brady after the game full of positivity look he's, he's asking everyone to buy in you know it's clear the, the players that are there at the moment are buying in but the reality is as well these players aren't being paid they're effectively doing it for free at the yeah. moment so Huge kudos to them for, 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 and they're doing it for Limerick. Okay, of course they're doing it for their own benefits longer down the road, some of them, but, but Jack Brady is very committed to Limerick. He's local enough, he's from Ballina. You know, it's, it, 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 they just have to be commended. That's all, I, I can't say a bad word about anything that's going on on the field with regard to players and coaching and managing from Tommy Barrett. You do know, you think just, if Limerick do get promoted this year through the playoff or whatever? It's not going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, but go probably on. Probably won't happen. But if it does, does that put them in a better position to be bought? Or? No, no, it doesn't. No. no, no. The reality is Limerick can't be thinking. A, they weren't good enough for the Premier Division last year with yeah. a squad that was severely hampered by the wage situation. Lost a lot of players from June last year onwards. They didn't even weaker squad this season. You know, so... Do so you think it's better for them to stay down? They're not going to get any money if they, they get promoted. Yeah. Well, it, I, I think for the moment, Limerick have to rebuild with youth. Yeah. Whether it's in this guy's under the current ownership or if something happens in the next couple of months under new ownership or a new club or whatever else. There's so many ponderables that can happen. But I, I think for the moment, Limerick need... What Limerick need to do is is start again. And we've all said this for Limerick for the last 20 years. Limerick, another restart. But this, where they are at the moment, they've lost a lot of the goodwill, the local goodwill that was there when they were, when they nearly stayed up in 2015 and came back the year after, back up and stayed for another couple of seasons. Or the goodwill that was there initially when they came back up under Pat Scully. Um, I, I just, it's not working. Yeah. On the field, yeah, it's great. But it, that that's going to be limited. Limerick are a couple of injuries away from from having 12, 13 players and that's yeah. if everyone stays. Now he's trying, Tommy's trying to bring in local talent. That's not easy either because, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of commitment to be playing professional as an amateur, yeah. effectively professional League of Ireland football. You know, there's a lot of training to be done 
to get up to that standard there's a huge gap between junior soccer and League of Ireland soccer no matter what way people like to look at it that's the reality and the quality of junior soccer in Limerick is high it's so fairly it's high yeah people it, are happy playing no, at that people level, are happy playing know. they're comfortable playing yeah. it you know they're you know, it, 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 the, the standard is good exactly you know so it's just, I, it's just not going to work long term under the current guys Tommy has spoke about if, if money did come in it would be put back into the academy that's his goal that's his what he, what he would do certainly if he had the choice rather than bringing in big players for big money and whatever else that's, that has been a model in the past you know but but look we'll, we'll focus on the positive yep. and the positive is another chance to get a, take a few points off Bray this weekend and how do you think they're fixed? We'll, we'll game when they played at home, wasn't they, it? They, they, uh, Limerick and Bray are fairly close. Bray have beaten Limerick this year, and Limerick have beaten Bray. Yeah. Limerick, Limerick um, finished in a playoff in the Premier Division last year with by beating Bray. But Bray, Bray have a better squad than Limerick, you know, better setup than Limerick. And you know, you, you see when players are leaving Limerick to go to teams that are lowering them in the division, which it seems to be the case with some of the players that have left recently, although it hasn't been announced yet you see the dire state that Limerick are in. Bray, yeah. As bad as things were with Bray last year, financially and everything else, they're still in a better position than Limerick. So you'd imagine Bray will be big favourites. Especially at home. At home. Yeah. at home. But look, I'm not going to back against Limerick in any game this year. They're, what they're doing on the field is remarkable and they have to be given every plaudit possible for that. It's true. So best to look to the Super Blues this weekend. And then over to some GA. Yeah, just at the weekend. We like, know who Limerick... Might, might be playing this, <laughs> this weekend Keen will find out yeah. it's going to be Cork or Kilkenny massive um, quarterfinals on in Croke Park this That's weekend a cracking game it has everything you need yeah. like Cork had a 140 to 20 point victory over Westmead a huge hammering of Westmead as Kieran Carey describes in his article this week the Cork gave Westmead some clipping <laughs> you know and it's hard to look past that look Cork Cork are dangerous dangerous team Limerick haven't beaten them in four games in 18 months in regular time. They beat them in extra time, obviously, in the All-Ireland semi-final. Mm-hmm. To me, their favourites going into Kilkenny, as good as Kilkenny have done this year, they're nowhere near the Kilkenny of old. Could yeah. be possibly within a... I don't know how, what even expression to use, how, how far away they are from that, but they still have a lot of players. TJ Reid on his days, carrying them through games. You know, Colin Fennelly still around, Owen Murphy in goals cracking cracking best goalkeeper around in my eyes anyway Adrian Mullen has been a big addition to the Killian Buckley may be fit for this game so Kilkenny will give Cork plenty of it just how, as you said should be a cracker I think it depends what Cork team shows up on the day as well well that's it but uh, Cork like Cork have been fairly good but this year to beat Limerick had lost the tip first time out beat Waterford bad loss to Clare so they're in a similar enough position yeah. the Raw was going to beat Westmead I don't think we'll talk about the, the Leash Dublin game in a minute Like, but I don't think Cork were ever going to lose to Westmead and that Westmead had lost to Joe McDonough Cup final obviously a good few Limerick connections with that with Joe Quaid over that team but you know Cork Cork's biggest weakness in my eyes anyway is their defence if you can get a run at them they invariably foul a bit like Tipperary and Limerick, Limerick just ran through Tipperary. We're looking ahead now a week, I know, a couple of weeks, but Kilkenny will look to run at them yep. at defence. Their Cork's forwards are lethal. If you give Pat Horgan any room, if you give Alan Cadigan any room, if you give Seamus Harren any room, they'll kill you. Like they will, and they'll constantly do it. They won't let up. But yeah, that game has everything you need. And then if you are giving away frees, you have probably the best free taker Yeah, he's, TJ Reid standing over the ball. That's ball, it. You know? like, and, and both sides, Patrick Horgan's the same, but yeah. Reid, 
look TJ TJ is a phenomenal player you know so has as I'm saying has everything you need to to set up for a cracker and saying that now will probably be a damn squid <laughs> the other game then you've Leash all conquering Leash uh, up against Tipperary firstly on Leash just what a win sensational win over Dublin delayed pretty much the whole way through the game okay Dublin, Dublin could, underestimated them 100% yeah. Dublin were looking at Tipperary I mean, they can say all they want that they weren't but if Dublin were on their money, I mean, they, they beat Galway only yeah. a couple of weeks. But if Dublin were on their money, there's no way Leash would have beaten them. But Leash, have, there's six or seven Leash players that would, would go close. They'd be on every county panel, I'll put it to you this way, yeah. whether they'd start or not. I mean, maybe not every county panel, but they'd, at least four, three or four of them would, would start. They'd make a challenge. They'd yeah. start in the majority of county teams. That's, they're, there's quality in Leash. Eddie Brennan has done brilliantly in in getting them to where they got the, the one that Joe McDonough Cup they're back in the Leinster Championship next year and they obviously with that result they show they belong there but what what I loved about it they, they won the Joe McDonough Cup the Sunday previous while Limerick were playing tip you know no no like the, you saw in the Sunday game before the Kilkenny Wexford game Anthony Daly and the boys they were they were in the studio and the game was going on behind it wasn't being televised it was just and they were making comments about look there's some, it's not right that we're talking and this game has gone on behind Leash went out, that was the Sunday, Leash went out and celebrated, rightly celebrated after that. <laughs> Back to training Tuesday, I think it was. Yeah. Preparation then for that game. To Brilliant said Dublin. they worked the bad diesel out of them. I'd you? imagine they did. <laughs> I'd imagine they certainly worked on Tuesday. That's all part of it. Just remember that these guys are professional. Yeah. Drinking bands is a lot of cod swallow up in my eyes. Enjoy yourselves at the right time. Limerick lads do. Yeah. At the right times. And it hasn't done them any bad, exactly. has it? Like, yeah. These guys are seriously fit people. They, all it takes is one session to get it out of them. <laughs> and the strength and conditioning guys will be on top of that. But, you know, you just... And they turned up to Dublin. They were, they were ready and ripe. And Dublin, sorry, Dublin were ripe for the picking and yeah. they got picked. Leash now, of course, everyone's going to write them off going into Tipperary. They won't write themselves they off. They certainly won't. No. And tip, but the only thing is now, have Leash shown their hand? Mm. Is the expectation now that Tipperary will know what's coming from Leash? Tip are a wounded animal. After tip are a wounded animal, animal. You know, and everyone says, oh, Limerick had the handy route last year going through, going through coming in third, a little bit like Cork this year. I certainly didn't subscribe to that because it's led to beat Kilkenny, Cork and Galway to win in All-Ireland after that. But Tipperary, you know, would have been thinking, well, even before Leash beat Dublin, say, oh, we'll, we'll take Dublin in the quarter-final. That's not yeah. the worst. And then, Jesus, Wexford in the semi-final. Oh, we'll fancy our chances there. It's opened up for Tipperary. Yeah. So yeah. They'll, they'll beat Leash, you'd imagine. I'm not going to write Leash off, certainly, but Tip play, play at their best, they'll win. They'll certainly fancy themselves against Wexford. And again, like we said, the week of the Munster final, not right enough. Cork or Kilkenny against Limerick. Limerick will go into that game favourites either way. We could be looking at a repeat of the Munster final for the all Ireland final. But that's all the way down the track. This weekend we have quarterfinals. Yep. And then we'll see as well if there's an actual gulf between Munster and Leinster Hurley. Yeah, we're, we're going to see that soon enough. Yeah, yeah, it's... Look, I think it's, it's, there's always that talk every year. Yeah. It has been since day dot. Even when Kilkenny were dominating, they were the only team in Leinster and it was up against up to whoever else in Munster had it against Kilkenny because Galway were down the doldrums. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be answered. I think it's a question. I, my own view is that I think Munster has more quality, but the disparity in the games, in the in, in when Limerick hammered Tip, Tip hammered Cork, Limerick hammered Clare, you know, all this yeah. Tip hammered Clare. There's been a lot of that and everyone hammered Waterford. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that taken. Thanks, John. You know, but it, in, it has in Leinster Championships here, has the pack become closer together? The games have been tighter. You know, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think I think exactly. that, that question comes up every year. 
So uh, over to the Camogie then. Yeah, we have Camogie and Ladies Football Championship this weekend in... And the guys Limerick had their game against Galway called off last week over the bad water in Croke. We won't harp on that too much and what it caused. Um, the refix game against Galway and Athenry on Sunday. As we said, leading into that game last week, the um, Galway will be firm favourites, beat Limerick in the league comfortably. Limerick will be looking to play at a much higher level, as Declan Ash said this week. Look, we didn't even get off the bus for that semi-final. Yeah. We played so poorly. They, they'll fancy themselves... To try and catch Galway but you're playing Galway and Galway it's going to be a tough game that's on in Athenry on Sunday at 2.30pm ladies footballers get their All-Ireland Intermediate Championship um, underway at home to Kildare on Saturday in the LIT Gaelic How would they find a step up from junior last year? They've got two they've only played Munster and the league this yeah. year and we started with the league got to the league semi-final we're 11 points up in that game the last for many I think it was if memory serves right um, listening to John Ryan their manager this week he wasn't happy with the way the league went overall certainly wouldn't have been happy with the Munster Intermediate Championship got an unmerciful beating by Tipperary first time out then lost to Clare but it's a massive step up you would step up yeah. Tipperary being relegated down senior Tipperary would be favourites for the whole thing yeah. this year um, seriously impressive team don't know what happened then <laughs> they got relegated I believe there were a few injuries and very unlucky to get relegated but they're up against the Kildare, very young Kildare side by all accounts. But home game, Limerick will be looking to win that. Lovely. And then uh, there's an article there from Noel. Yeah, Noel O'Carroll of Fountainhead. And just, just a look at um, women's sport in general in the wake of uh, the USA, the disparity in the pay between the USA women's team and men's team, the USA winning the World Cup yet again. In Brilliant the tournament. Brilliant tournament yeah. by all accounts. I didn't get to see a lot of it due to work, but... Yeah, look, the USA beating England in the semi-final seems to have been the the big, big result. Very tight game. Could have went either yeah, way. And then a lot of talk about celebrations as well. Yeah, a lot of rubbish. Celebrate yeah. whatever way you want I'd to celebrate. If I scored in the World Cup finals, I'd be arrested, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have jumped into the crowd and God knows what would have happened to me. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of rubbish. Yeah. I mean, celebrate whatever way you want. Yeah, and, and just Niles' article goes, goes in-depth into things like that and Megan Rapinoe. The USA star player, her battle with Donald Trump on mm. Twitter. Now they have a case against the USA um, governing body football. So about the pay disparity. So it'll be interesting to see. It's a very, very good read anyway. I can say that much. Brilliant. So, John, enjoy your weekend. You too. Uh, probably kind of a week off for you, isn't it? No, no, no. I'm in Gaelic Grounds on Saturday for the ladies football and Sunday up in Athenry for the Camogie. So Lovely. Enjoy. Never stops, Keen, never Hopefully stops. the weather shines for you. So all our sports news is brought to you by Sporting Limerick, where online you can find more minority sports, sports, podcasts, videos, and much, much more. And sportinglimerick.com and limerickpost.e are following the hashtag SportLK across all social media channels. John Keogh, thank you very much for joining me. More than welcome, Keogh. This week's podcast is brought to you by HSS Hire. Stay cool this summer with fans, air conditioners, and evaporative coolers from your local hire specialists. Rose Rush is covering the county this week, so sends her regards, but on her arts page, the main story is an interview with Amanda Minahan, who plays the Granny McCourt from Angela's Ashes, the musical. Of Granny's characterization, she says, it is continuously in your head and you are working on it. It's a constant visualising and then you see if the director is seeing the same things that you are and you work together to find her. Angela's Ashes the Musical will open July 18th to 27th when this Pat Moylan production stages in association with Lime Tree Theatre. 
That story is available on Rose's Arts page on page 64 of this week's Limerick Post newspaper. And individual arts this week, a veil cast at Limerick Museum. Having trained in Limerick School of Art and Design, the professional artist Robert P. Ryan has worked out of his studio in Skibbereen. His first solo show in the 26 counties graces Limerick Museum on Henry Street. Paintings will hang for the month of July. Robert P. has created oil paintings under the mantle of a veil. So to catch Rose's interview with Robert, visit her arts page this week. And there's a return to the lunchtime concerts at the Cathedral to, uh, this Friday, July 12, with a guest choir visiting from Cambridge as part of an Irish tour. The community are privileged to be able to hear St. John's Voice sing in concert from 1.15pm. And that's at St. Mary's Cathedral this Friday. For more arts news, pick up this week's Limerick Post newspaper or visiting limerickpost.ie. So that's it for this week's Limerick Post News Roundup. I'd like to thank Bernie English, Megan McInerney and Maura Nolan for joining me on this week's podcast and John Keogh from Sporting Limerick. For more news, sport, entertainment, arts and much, much more, visit limerickpost.ie or by picking up the Limerick Post newspaper. And this week's podcast is brought to you by HSS Hire. Stay cool this summer with fans, air conditioners, evaporative coolers from your local hire specialists. And to keep up to date with all Limerick news, follow the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all social media channels. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt, and we really are Keeping Limerick Posted. <laughs>